TFL podcast again, back episode, what is this episode, like 23, no. 13, it's actually, this this episode number 13 is actually a good number for this group of guys, because um, a lot of luck in this group, a lot of luck, um, and we had a lot of luck together, so uh, I, I remember these two as, uh, f- very fondly as, um, as either younger brothers or or a father to, you know, to their, no, a- anyway, I love them like brothers. Um, and, uh, we, we've been through a lot of wars together. So, uh, I greatly appreciate having, uh, my friend, John Gallant, who is now the current assistant coach of the university of Denver pioneers lacrosse team with, with coach Bill Tierney and coach Matt Brown and, uh, Johnny, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Johnny, longtime player for the Colorado Mammoth, going back even to the Washington Power. Um, our other friend that joins us, uh, Brian Langtree, who probably needs very little introduction, but uh, an illustrious player in his own right and uh, name retired into the rafters at Pepsi Center. Um, Brian Langtree from the Colorado Mammoth and Johnny Glant from the Colorado Mammoth, longtime players there. Uh, thrilled to have you guys. Uh, a little plug for Brian Langtree's uh, six-star uh, lacrosse is running in Denver, and he's got a, what nine teams now. Brian running a bunch of lacrosse for uh, for young kids learning how to play the game. Yeah, I've got nine teams. I run. Uh, I train about uh, fifty to seventy-five kids each week, all pretty much all day long in the summer, and then um, training kids throughout the year after school and, and on weekends. So yeah, we got we've grown from two teams to nine teams in one year. So it's been pretty great. So it took us a while to get started this morning, probably mostly because Johnny Glant was trying to get on a Zoom call on his, on his uh, flip phone, um, which is not yeah. the easiest thing to do. Um, holding it up and trying to get the light to work and through the cracks, I'm sure, the, of how this works. Johnny, not the most tech-savvy guy, so I'm glad you got on. I'm, I'm excited uh, that you were able to figure it out. Well, I, you know, I appreciate it, and, and I know uh... – I appreciate taking the, the blunt of uh, the blame here for uh, an issue that you started by, uh, you know, sending it to the wrong place. But, you know, it's... Uh, the brunt? You mean the brunt? I think he means the brunt. Yeah, the brunt. Right. Sure. Blunt. It's uh, yeah. the brunt of it, and that's that's okay. You know, Brian and I are used to that. And so... Uh, <laughs> that I don't know that is from a lot about. of blunt force trauma to his head is what that's yeah, from. Hey. That's from, it's that, from a yeah. lot of things. I'll tell you that it's from a lot of things, but uh, yes, I, hey, I finally got it on and then, and then we're working. So I'm not going to touch anything because I don't want to screw it up. And so we're rolling. So I'm, that's good. Good. Well, Brian, I, I'm, uh, I'm excited to have you. You and I haven't talked in a while, but, but I just want, as we started most of our road trips with the old Colorado mammoth uh, when I was a GM there and, and, you know, most of our road trips started with this question that I asked Brian at the airport before we left. Are you going to behave today? Am I going to behave? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit of a different man these days. I don't know if you know that. But, yeah. No, I, I have definitely. no idea. Yeah, nobody's, nobody does. I kind of – the only thing I do is work with kids, but I don't, I don't have any adult friends, you know, so I don't really – well, besides guys I work with. So I kind of just hole up here with my dog right there in the background. Just hang out. Yeah, I'm good, man. I think we could probably go back in history and say that you never really had any adult friends. Wow, that hurts, man. That hurts. <laughs> uh, fellas, let's get let's get into this because I want to find out. You know, you guys came to to the National Lacrosse League in in kind of two completely different ways. 
and and from two completely different backgrounds. And so I, I just want to I get into this every week with with my guests that come on the TFL podcast, and and these two guys are definitely TFLers. But I, Brian, how did you get started in the game? Well. Uh, I, I re, I'm a New Yorker, you know, I'm a Long Island guy. So I grew up in a place where box lacrosse, they had the Saints when I was growing up. We used to go to games and it was pretty packed. I thought it was really cool. And then it kind of died off a little bit. I, you know, I didn't even really think about pro lacrosse at all. And then I got drafted by the Saints. I think I was in like the seventh round or something, made the practice squad. Uh, that was all kind of a haze. It was a, uh, the, t- the guys we were playing with, were uh, American guys. It wasn't really, weren't really learning the the box game all that much. They were great players, but I, they didn't really spend too much time teaching me how to play. So I kind of sucked. So I uh, I played three, I think two games with the Saints. Um, and uh, are you asking how I got into box lacrosse or lacrosse? Well, my question was really who put the stick in your hand for the first time. So oh, my dad did. My dad put a lacrosse stick in my hand when I was a little kid. Um, I thought I was going to be a quarterback. I thought I was definitely destined for some football greatness, but I got these little bitch hands, so I couldn't I couldn't grab the football anymore. Um, so I, my dad put the stick in, and I started playing lax. And uh, you know, you're great with the nerf ball, though. You're great with the nerf ball. Oh, I can. Th- I'm, I'm. Yeah, I can throw a pretty tight spiral. I'm not gonna lie, I throw a pigskin over the mountains. Johnny, talk about your your journey. How did you? Who put the stick in your hand for the first time? <laughs> Um, you know, it was, um, you know, I grew up in Brantford, Ontario. And, and for those um, who don't know, it's, you know, the home, of, the home of Wayne Gretzky. And so, you know, just as a Canadian town and, you know, growing up uh, when Gretzky was still playing, I was a, I was a hockey player. And, um, you know, it was Gaylord Paulus, um who was, you know, from Six Nations, Ontario, which is a neighboring city. And, uh, you know, his, uh, his family uh, was very close with, with my father and my, you know, they kind of had a relationship. And so I kind of got into lacrosse late in uh, middle school and, you know, was, was playing baseball and didn't enjoy it in the summer. And so, you know, I just kind of grew up right in the right time where I had, you know, connections with, with people who, uh, the game was important to them. And, you know, I grew up right at, at the same time where the, you know, the six nation arrows um, were very successful, you know, at the junior a level and in Ontario. And so, you know, I was surrounded by people and, and had access to to watching high quality lacrosse and, and uh, you know, that's how you know I got into it. And so was looking for that uh, sport to play in the summer to go with hockey in that rotation and, and just, you know, uh, fell into, you know, a really good situation to where um, could see it and in, in performed at a high level and, and had people around me who could teach me how to play. So, you know, you're aware that this is only an hour show, right? Yeah, he just keeps talking, this freaking guy. <laughs> it's never, it's never you are aware. We oh, only wow. have an hour. I'm watching, I'm watching the, the, the time click down, and my answer was shorter than Brian's on that one. I'll <laughs> see the time on my screen. What do you got, an egg timer there or something? What a dork. Hey, Johnny, tell the story about – tell the story, (laughs) and please tell it short. Yes. Tell the story about how you got signed to play for the Colorado (laughs) Man. Washington Power. Washington Power, yeah. So, 
you know, I was playing, I was playing Six Nation uh, Chiefs, and, and I was coached by Darius Kilgore, uh, who was the head coach of, of the Washington Power. And, you know, I was deciding grad school or, uh, you know, I was looking at going to grad school and, and uh, Darius called me up and said, hey, do you have any interest in, in playing uh, professional lacrosse? And I said, sure. And he said, can you meet me? You know, we're traveling. It was yourself, uh, Darius Kilgore and Dave Huntley. Um, he said, hey, can you meet us in, in Brooklyn? We were there to watch the Redmond and Excelsiors play. And so I drove the hour and a it's half. Brooklyn, Ontario, right? Brooklyn, Ontario. Yeah, sorry. Brooklyn, Ontario. And so I drove the hour and a half north of Toronto and, and met you guys, you know, for the first time, uh, Dave Huntley and yourself, and uh, left the arena and went out to your rent-a-van, your, your rent-a-car, which was a minivan, and, and signed a contract and, uh, you know, drove myself home and, and told my mother, uh, you know, I'm not going to go to grad school. Um, right now, it's uh, I'm gonna drive out to uh, Baltimore and uh, try out for the uh, Washington Power, and so that's uh, you know that's how it started and in the parking lot of whatever that arena is in Brooklyn, Ontario. Iroquois Park, I think they call it. Iroquois yeah. Park. Iroquois hey, Park. You signed the contract. I will never forget this. Signed the contract on the hood. Hood. That's right. Of the rental car with Tom Still, wasn't it? Tom Still was there. Back oh, the classic the blocker. Classic <laughs> old school old school blocker yeah old school was, blocker uh, and uh yep and you know it was not long after not long after that uh you know we were in Towson Maryland and uh you know in a one bedroom apartment and, and with Devin DeLeap and you know we were beginning our professional lacrosse careers I do remember um signing two guys that year and and I, Brian you'll get a kick out of this Gallant and Standish. Standish Gallant, like how, how? I don't know who that is. Well, I mean, it's very old school, no British, you know. Miles Standish? Miles Standish and Gallant, like, the, you know, these, these the guys name. were like knights of the round table. Right, yeah. yeah they, something like that. So, but it was, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, you're the hood of your rental van with Dave Huntley and, and, uh, and we kind of sat, you know, those arenas, right? It was a um, Iroquois Park arena. They got little beer gardens and stuff there, right? And you can go have a you can go have a beer there during the intermission, and and uh, you know that's where that's where I originally met you. And uh, yeah, same thing. Asked you probably a million questions and missed a period no. or two, right? And, no. and, and, uh, <laughs> and there it is. Ryan, journey begins. So tree. Tree. I get to talk. Tell me. Awesome. Tell me. Yeah, you get to talk. Tell, your first kind of entry into the Colorado Mammoth and, and making your way onto that team was a bit of a roundabout process because I do remember you called me or you tried to get in touch with me or something. And I'm like, yeah, dude, I don't know who the fuck you are. Just come to tryouts. <laughs> and I'm like, whatever. And I didn't realize that you played for, for, uh, barrage for the, the Saints, and I, I didn't know that, you, you know, and so we had a tryout, right? Of the year after playing that. The league didn't know you played for the Saints either. Nobody <laughs> did. Yeah, rookie of the That's year. That's why you won rookie of the year. You're the only, you're the only two-time rookie of the year in the National Lacrosse League. And, you know, in all honesty, I might not have played for the Saints. I could be wrong. I don't <laughs> – <laughs> That's all – a lot of that stuff, you know, it's all kind of hazy. But <laughs> – 
I will, I will say this, Steve, and I, you know, I'm not going to get all corny on you, but the Colorado Mammoth was the greatest thing that ever happened to me in my life, besides my kids. I guess I got to say that. But, I mean, it's definitely a tight one. But, I, I mean, when I went to that tryout, I was, so I called you, yeah, and your email was something like, Manimal 43 something. No, it like, that's not <laughs> true. It was like Lady Killer Manimal. No, yeah, that's uh, not was, true. <laughs> like, what kind of GM has that email? This guy's garbage. So then I heard, you know, I heard a little bit about you. I'm like, ah, oh, he's a real badass. Cool. So uh, I got in touch with you. I, you know, you, I busted your ass to get on it because I was living in Colorado. I told everyone out here I was a lacrosse player. And then the mammoth are coming. I'm like, oh, crap. Like, I'm not going to be on the team. Everyone's going to make fun of me. So I went I, – I got into sick shape before that. Like, I was out running a hill. Like, I don't – I'm not I'm – not, I wasn't a huge exercise guy, but I could train my mind for, like, a month to go as hard as anybody. So I would run up a hill every day for, like, an hour and get in great shape. I came to tryouts. I was like, I'm making this damn team. So I, I came out against – you know, luckily you invited anybody who wanted to come to the tryout. So I was going against, you know – a lot of the guys there, they're great guys. So, I want to put. Uh, I, let me just put in perspective a couple names of guys who are at that tryout. Jamie Monroe, Eric. They're older. Tom Ethington. We're all yeah. At Tom, Tom and I were good ones. You know, the rest of them were a little older. Those two were the other two were great players, but they're older. Not and, great. Uh, not great. Not great. Whatever. I got to be nice, right? But uh, anyway, so getting onto that team was like mission critical for me. Right. Cause I'm, I wanted to be, I, I needed to, to have something out here. I moved out here from, I'm a long Island guy living in Colorado. It was like, I'm, I was like going out, like getting into arguments and fights with people. Cause that's what we did growing up. And uh, out here it's like, Whoa, this guy's really abrasive. So we, we got, <laughs> so when I showed up to, to try out for the team, I was like, man, this is awesome. And uh, you wanted to cut me from what I heard. The story goes like this. You wanted to cut me, but Ward Sanderson and George McGinney said, nah, nah, give him a shot or something like that. That's that. That's the story I heard. It's entirely possible. I don't remember much. Yeah. Well, you know what? Days. I would have I cut me too, in all honesty, for like the first four years on the Mammoth. I felt like a guy who like went to visit Hollywood and like snuck on the stage and like they, they let him become an actor. And after a while, they're like, oh, he can act a little bit. Let's leave him around. Like I, I never felt like I really belonged there. Even and at the whole, my whole career, I kind of felt like, damn, I'm a little bit out of my league. Well, that's, like that. that's probably why you're so great is you didn't feel like you belonged, so you had to keep trying to prove it to everybody, which, you know, ultimately uh, probably makes for great players. But, you know, Johnny, you walked into that locker room in a different way, right? That was uh, a time when, you know, you were coming from Washington. We had gone to the semifinals you know, against Toronto, and we were really a whisker away from going to the finals and winning, and it was a great team with Gary and Paul and, and a lot of American talent, Brian Reese and Hugh Donovan and and Paul Canavine, and the list goes on and on of really Kip Folks, quality, Josh Sims, quality players. And my job, for those most people probably don't remember this, but my job as part of the sale from Washington to Denver is I had to sign a certain number of those guys to make sure that we kept the integrity of that roster. And, uh, and so sign, you were one of those guys, and, and we signed, I think, 12 guys off that roster and went out uh, and played you know the, the first – 
time in Denver, but we had to supplement. That's how, that's how Brian, we did an open tryout for the rest of the roster uh, and signed some free agents and did okay. But, uh, you know, talk about your kind of journey through that. Okay, mom, now I'm not going to grad school. I'm leaving Washington. I'm going to move to Denver. Yeah, it was, you know, even, uh, even that last year in Washington, it, you know, there was no one there. Right. And, and we knew that last year in, in Washington that, you know, we weren't coming back. And so, um, you know, there was a lot of uncertainty of, of where we're going. Are we still going to be together? Are we moving cities? You know, what's going on? And kind of the last second we end up in Colorado, um, you know, and we get here. Right. And, and the first time we played, you know, we had an exhibition game after a hockey game. Right. And, and I think we played Philly or somebody like that. But we had an exhibition game after an NHL hockey game. And so it's, you know, like 1030 at night, whenever it is. And, uh, you know, walking out, you know, you said to me, hey, you know, don't be uh, don't be shocked. There's actually people here. And, uh, you know, that was that was a tremendous difference from from our days, you know, at the cap center where, you know, it was like. We just hope the arena is open when you get there. Yeah, you could shoot a gun in that place and you probably wouldn't have hit anybody. Right, anybody, right? And so you could hear, you know, you hear the people talking. And so, you know, the, the, the first experience out here is, you're right, you know, we lost in overtime, right, double overtime the year before, you know, to Toronto. And, um, you know, there's uncertainty of where we're going to be. And, and uh, you know, we ended up here. And, um, you know, it's, it was a great experience right away, you know, in that first exhibition game with actually having fans and, and then, you know, the, the first game against Toronto, right. When, you know, Brian scores the overtime winner, I think that kind of, you know, that kicked it all off. Right. And so to where. Well, Brian, do you, do you that, remember that preseason game we put, we played, it was a Montreal Canadiens absolutely. Yeah. game. And, yep. and we play, it was like 1130. We called it midnight madness, but we weren't allowed to. And we put the turf down and we did all that. We played Philly. And I actually remember Jake he tore his ACL in that game. Yep. By the way, T's next guest on the TFL podcast, Tommy Marichek and Jake Berge, come back and hey, see us. Awesome. How much, how much were the beers that day after the game? What were you selling? How much were the beers and hot dogs? We sold beer for two bucks and we sold hot dogs for a dollar. And 12,500 people stayed until 1 a.m. to watch that game. And uh, I got to tell you. I went 4-2 and two. I went four and two that game, just to, let, just to remind oh, you. Oh, gee. Guys, he, this, you Johnny, this is a guy that says he doesn't remember anything from back there, but he remembers every memory. bit of his stats. I remember stats. Hell yeah. Cali BBQ is proud to be an official sponsor of your San Diego Seals. Buy our slow-smoked barbecue at any Seals home game or online anytime at www.calibbq.media. Did you guys ever re remember like tension between Americans and Canadians? And, and obviously, you know, we had a lot of Americans in that locker room and Canadians and, and we're bringing it together. And I do remember Dave Stilley saying at one point that it was, it was just a recipe for disaster, but it worked. And, and do you guys remember attention? I, I, I'll take this one. I remember tension with every single Canadian who wasn't on my team. I think every single guy from Canada wanted to kill me. But our team was, for some reason, everybody got along. And, uh, you know, it was just like you said, it was just an awesome mix of guys. 
in that locker room and everybody. There were a couple guys that like like Hanford and Jalbert that that really were able to kind of bridge that gap, I think, and really kind of like their personalities were just really lovable, I think, and everybody just enjoyed them and Stilly and then you know, and they had experience playing in Philly and with all those other Canadian guys. And that kind of, you know, made it easier for guys like myself and a couple of the other Americans, I think. Um, but, you, no, there was zero tension between us on that team. I, you know, and I, I would say to you, like, the guys we had that first year, and then, you know, you supplement some guys in the second year, you know, Carlson and, and that come the second year and things like that. But the Canadian, you got, the Canadian guys that we had, you know, you had Gary Gate, right? And so, you know, he's fantastic and you respect him. And, but a lot of the Canadian guys we had were, you know, your blue collar type guy, guys like myself, you know, I wasn't drafted. Right. And, and so, you know, I think you had guys who had personalities to begin with who were easy to get along with. Right. And, and didn't look down at the American guys of, you know, not having experience in, in the style of play that we have. And, you know, uh, you know, I totally agree with Brian, right? Like those, a lot of those, the American guys we had, you know, you get into any room with them, right? You know, their energy and their enthusiasm and their personality fills a room and it's easy, right? To get along with. So um, I think it's a combination of that and a combination of the Canadian guys we had were blue collar guys that were, you know, Fred Jenner's that are just, hey, you know, it, uh, you know, I'll respect you, respect me, you know, we're going to, you know, go out there and battle and battle each other, battle opponents and have a good time after. Right. And Can so, I, I'd like to add to that, Johnny. I think, yeah. I think, you know, Canadian players in general, I actually really enjoy the, the Canadian player um, because of the blue collar. I think across the country, Canadian players are blue collar guys, a little bit like Long Island guys. And that's why I kind of fit in with, with the guys on my team. Now I know there was a, a sense of Canadian guys um, that look down on American players, and rightly so. Most of us suck, right? I mean, most most American guys are just not good at box. If you if you want to be honest about it, it's a different sport. It's not fair, right? It's totally different. Yeah. So so you know, I think, um, but for the most part, I, I loved it. And I'm a big hockey fan over here, so I like the grittiness. I like the toughness. Like these days, like the at the outdoor leagues, they're like trading jerseys after games and stuff. Like if I'm playing against somebody. Like I like the Canadians. I want the like I, I hate them. You know the we, guys on we the trading jerseys. No. no, no, we're no, not trading I, jerseys. But like hey. I don't, you got to demonize the other teams to, to play as hard as you can. I think. Right. So that team, obviously, you know, I mean, Gary was there when we first moved there, and uh, you know, and 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 Gene Ash, Nick Carlson, Gavin Prout come along, Jalbert, Hanford come along, and and then there was. You know the the wave of Pat Coyle, Chris Gill, Rich Catton, uh, uh, Danny Stroop. There was like the the way that team came together was kind of uh, you know obviously, and we'll talk about 2006 in a minute and how that came together. But we were a pretty competitive group out in the Rockies that was able to kind of you know compete right away and and be you know in the mix a lot of times. And and we had a lot of guys, some guys living in Denver. The, the original template, I think, in the National Lacrosse League for some guys living in Denver, some guys traveling from the West Coast, some guys traveling from the East Coast, some guys traveling from Toronto, 
And uh, we, we had a lot of kind of moving pieces that ultimately came together in a pretty big way. But talk about the first game, January 3rd, 2003, against the Toronto Rock, and what that game means to you guys as a legacy for the sport in Colorado, but ultimately, um, you know, what it meant to you in the time frame, you know, right, right then and there in that time frame, what it was like running out of that tunnel for the first time. <laughs> you know, I, I – I think for me, right, it's, uh, you know, we lost, for me, we lost to him the year before in double overtime, right? And, and they come in and, yeah, you want to put on a good show for your fans, um, for, for the development of lacrosse outside of the East Coast, right, and moving west and development of the National Lacrosse League. But, you know, to me, you know, right off the bat, you know, Brian just said it, I hated him, right? And, and I didn't like Veltman and I didn't like Coyle. I didn't like uh, Colin Doyle. I see him in the summertime, right? Like, I'm going to stick him, right? I want to stick you, right? And I, I want to, you know, I'm going to hurt you, right? And, and they're the same, same, you know, to us. And, you know, I think it's, you know, for me, it was a lot of it was, you know, the, the sour taste of losing the year before. And now you got him here, you know, in, in our arena, and uh, you want to get off to a good, you know, a good start and with a good group of guys. And there's the stress, you know, there is definitely the stress of development of the, the, the team as it's moving west and the league as it's moving west. And we're kind of that first franchise that has ownership that is, is known and it's a little outside that box. And so it was us against them. And, you know, that's the way I looked at it. And, uh, you know, it, the energy from, you know, from the uh, um, getting the box and, and all that sort of stuff that, that brought to it, it brought a, a new style of how the game was played. And, and I really enjoyed that. Brian, your goal in that overtime launched a franchise. And I say that a lot, that that, that moment could be pinpointed to. And I remember the shot. I remember it like I can – it went over his left shoulder and it was just a, it was an, a rising sub shot that went over his shoulder and, and it literally launched a franchise and there was a lot of things that happened before that game we had to push the game back because the lineup was down to the Conoco station and there was a lot of things kind of going on around that you you guys weren't aware of uh, but ultimately 16 and a half thousand people come into that building that day and and that goal what do you remember about that event in that moment oh my god see I mean it what does that game mean to me it means everything. I mean, I, it was pretty much defined how my life would move forward in a lot of different ways for good and bad, to be honest. Um, I, I, before that time, I really, I didn't really know what the hell I wanted to do. I knew I liked lacrosse, this and that, but I mean, look, man, I get hooked on things. And I was hooked on lacrosse right after that. I was like, this is, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I do. I want these people cheap. Yes. As, as corny as it sounds, or as, as a uh, surface area, as a I, I wanted people cheering for me. I wanted people telling me how good I was. I, that, that was the, the best feeling on earth. And, like, I, playing for the Saints, no one was at the games. But here it was like, holy crap, these people think I'm, like, cool. And, uh, you know, I, I don't even think I was supposed to be on the floor. I just ran out. It was power play. And I definitely wasn't on the power play at that point. I was like, I'm going. And I just hopped the, the boards and went in. Um, you know, when the ball went through, I, I just – I got to tell you, man, like – it, 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 I'm getting chills even thinking about it right now. It was pretty much the most defining moment in my professional career. 
And like from that point on, everything was just, I, I need to stay on this team. I need well, you, to had, you had a number of moments, and I know Johnny had a number of moments since then, but Johnny, I got a question for you. How many nicknames did Brian make up for himself throughout his <laughs> career? I, you know, it's, listen, I went, I went from, <laughs> I went from Josh Sims, right, as, as, you know, my roommate to, to <laughs> Brian Langtree, right? I went from one end <laughs> to the other, right? And, you know, and I love him, love him to death. And, uh, you know, so how many, oh, like there's, it's endless, right? It's endless. And it's, it's so, many. Like, so many, so many. Blaze. And there's Blaze. You know, <laughs> remember, the day, remember the day he had Blaze and it was just, he came up with this random, Nickname and he scored a goal and his eyes are as big as saucers and he's yelling at the other bench going, Blaze is heating up. And so that's that's the difference is it's it's not just the nicknames, it's referring to himself in the third person, right? And (laughs) and that's the piece. And it's and it's talking to him, right? Like the best the best was the way he spoke to the opponents, right? And the way he talked to them, right? You know, during the course of the game. And it was something that you go to the Canadian guys, we had never seen before and never experienced before. And, uh, you know, but yeah, it was from shattered glass to six to late. Yes, it's, it's endless. <laughs> shattered glass. I don't even think I've heard that one. That, that's actually in the works right now. That's my autobiography. It's going to be a blowout. one of my favorite memories was watching pat coyle and brian talk in a locker room oh Oh. god so (laughs) oil and water (laughs) i i say this i say this to you know to to people around you know they ask and then we obviously live in the same community right brian is one of the most intelligent people i've ever met and and you know, he, he's helped me in so many ways. And it was for us, right? He has an O guy and then there's the D guys. And to watch Pat Coyle, just to watch his face get so frustrated and angry at Brian. And they would have these discussions. And Brian is so intelligent, you know, light years beyond me, obviously. And he just knew how to get to Pat Coyle. Pat Coyle also, just to make yep. reference, Pat Coyle, extremely well-read, oh, extremely he's brilliant. intelligent. He's brilliant. Yes. Brilliant. And these conversations were at the oh, highest God. level of intelligence. Yes. And Brian would fuck with him so oh. hard. It was the best. And then you I didn't had, even really believe half the things I said to him. I just wanted to piss him off. But So then you had guys like, yeah, you had guys like Hanford and you had guys like Jalbert would just then start needling Pat Coyle too, right? And going, hey, you can't, you can't let him get away with that. What is he talking about? And Jamie Hanford, not the most well-read and not the <laughs> smartest guy in the world. <laughs> but those are like, those are, you know, those, yes, it's, uh, you know, so those are the things, right? Like those are the stories that stay amongst the team always. But it was – it was priceless watching this battle go on buses, in restaurants, in the terminals, right? And, uh, you know, Brian is a million miles an hour, right, all the time, right? And uh, he, would, he would get Pat going, and, and you just sit back, and no one knew what the heck any of them were talking about, but we just knew one guy was getting really frustrated. One of my favorite, <laughs> one of my favorite moments, and, and it wasn't favorite at the time, but – 
I don't know where we were flying from, but we were coming back in the morning and Brian had gone probably a little bit too far all night long and was getting on the plane. No. And he, he suggested he was going to try and kill me with a pen. I said, shank. Shank, <laughs> shank. shank me. <laughs> And, and I finally said to him, and it's the whole airplane is listening to this conversation. We're like five rows away from each other. And he's going, I'm going to shank you. I'm going to shank you. And I finally stood up in front of the whole plane and said, will you shut the fuck up? I'm just come up here and try it. And that, and then he fell asleep. So, that, hey, that's, so it's, you know, yeah, Brian and I like, you know, <laughs> Roommate. That roommate. Tread, I brought tread him to lightly. Tread lightly. Tread lightly. Yes. I haven't. Had, for the record, I haven't had touched a sip of alcohol in three years, so I don't want to hear it. Tread very lightly, John. Right. <laughs> but the best, you know, how how we would work, right? Is is Brian would put his Brian would, you know, we had one rule, right? Is you can't wear your suit right on the plane from the night before. Yeah, you know, <laughs> so we, we we did that all the time. And so, uh, you know. It was it was Brian who put uh, you know the, his clothes right in a bag and put them in. Hey, his, one, one his, second. Can I just clarify the rule? The right. rule was you couldn't wear the clothes from the night before ah, onto the yeah. plane. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, most guys were in suits, and I didn't want guys like were up all night, looked like freaking derelicts, and, and getting onto the plane <laughs> and wearing the same shit they wore the night before. Yeah, good rule. Good rule. Good I rule. think so. Tell me good so. rule. Come <laughs> You know, <laughs> I, you know what that it's the you know the way it would go was was what, uh, I, what, were, you, what were you saying, Johnny? I had my throw my stuff in a bag. Of course, isn't that what you do? Everyone has a bag. It was a plastic garbage bag. Plastic garbage. So what? It's a bag. <laughs> Bags a bag. Bags a bag. Bags a bag. So and then was, and then by the way, he wouldn't he wouldn't take the the suit out of the bag for the week. That's right. Right out of the plastic bag, it would sit there for the week after he went all night, and he'd wear the suit to the next game. Hey, so what? If you're scoring five or six goals, you do what you got to yes, do. Yes, we didn't care. You got to do. It. But it was, uh, it was, uh, you know, for us. I'll be honest with you. For us, is is we liked, you know, we liked watching Steve. You get frustrated, and, and yes, poor, yeah, I know. I'm well aware. <laughs> These poor people who are on this flight at 5 a.m. out of Calgary or out of Philadelphia, <laughs> wherever the heck we were, right? And these poor people, and, and we would just turn to stewardess and say, just get the plane up and shut the lights off and we'll be I think it was Cal <laughs> Johnny, I think it was Calgary. Remember we walked in and they were having a uh, slam dunk contest and they had the basketball hoop up and I was the first one and I jumped up and ripped, up, I ripped the rim off the backboard, the first one, and slam dunk contest over. <laughs> <laughs> the contest is over. <laughs> hey, what was your what was your favorite place to play on the road? Calgary and Toronto. Toronto because I always lit it up there, but Calgary because everybody hated us. Yeah, yeah. you know it I was. Still do. Uh, I, I you know I agree with you. I agree with you. You know those. Uh, you know that I remember that one. I remember the the that one in Calgary. We ripped that basketball hoop off. You know we played in the afternoon. <laughs> Right, and this this poor guy, man, he's been promoting this event for weeks. Right? It's over. It's over. Like that. This no. tournament is over. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, you know, I was going to ask a question, Johnny. Yeah. What do you like traveling with Brian, but I think we just covered the. Hey, 
I'll say this. I mean, you guys. No, we had a great time, Todd. We had a a great time. We, you know, both of us were in education, right? Both of us in education. And we figured out early. This was, this this was Brian. This was his intelligence. We figured out early. If we tell, if we, hey, we got to work Friday. We got to work. You know, we got to take the last flight out. Got to work. We got to teach all day. Contract. Right. You know. And so, you know, we take the last flight out of wherever and, you know, we'd miss practice. It was beautiful. And, uh, you know, we'd be ready for the next, you know, shoot around the next day. But Sometimes we didn't, though, Johnny. What did we do when we, were, we got early, when we got in early? Go to Timmy Ho. Timmy Ho. Right. Oh, guess you got to get some Timmy's. So we, get, <laughs> so we get some Timmy's. Get a donut. Come on, let's split a donut, Johnny. What's the rush? It's the rush. Hey, what's he? You know, but it was, uh, no, it was, listen, it, uh, you know, we have, um, you know, and it, it, it's, it's, it was a great relationship, still is a good relationship. I'm glad we're doing it. It brings us together. And, uh, you know, because we're apart a little bit, you know, with our lives and, and everything going on. But, you know, uh, you know, Brian, I, you know, I had his, his toothbrush for him and we bring that and he'd, you know, take out the garbage bag that had his suit in it. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and we'd iron it out and we'd be ready to go. But, you know, at you know, it would 6 a.m. game day and I would be up and, you know, I'd be yelling and screaming and getting everybody up in the hotel and ready to go. And, uh, you know, one thing, Pete, you know, as his roommate, you know, Brian doesn't sleep with his eyes all the way closed, right? And so it's, it, it took, took a while. Yeah, that was creepy for a while. But listen, <laughs> out, outside of our, you know, there's similarities we have and there's a lot of differences we have, you know, American to Canadian, you know, and, and how growed up different things like that. But we're very similar in, in how competitive we are, right? Totally. And we're very similar in, in our work ethic. And we were very similar in the way that, you know, what we cared about was what our teammates thought of us, right? And it wasn't about did we get six goals, did seven goals, did I get 15 ground balls? It was did I do my job, right? And, and did I do it to the best of my ability? And, you know, are, do my teammates trust me? And, and that we had in common. And that's why, you know, as, as roommates, you know, I loved it, right? And, and it was great. So, Brian, I – I would like for you in your best Johnny Gallant impression oh, of winning the junior championships in Canada. It's like, uh, so it's a little rusty. You know, I haven't seen Johnny while, well, like, uh, So uh, back, we were playing Orangeville, and uh, so I'm in Brampton, you know, where Wayne Gretzky's from. And uh, so uh, the Mentos Cup, you know, the Freshmaker Cup, we, uh, we came up, we, we won five games, well, four games to three, I think it was. And, uh, and I'm like, dude, nobody gives a shit. Nobody cares. <laughs> like you guys in your Mentos. Nobody cares what a Mentos cup is. The fresh maker. I don't even know what the hell that is. <laughs> and Johnny, I want you to talk a little bit about Brian's uh, pregame warm-up uh, musical process. Uh, so, he... <laughs> <laughs> what about the garden? So, and this is great. Like, I, you know, no one knows what the hell we're talking about, but it's, uh, you know. Nobody's watching the show anyway, Johnny, so it don't matter. us anyway. And so, yes, so it's what, you know, we'd go, we'd go seven, or we go to uh, shoot around, right? Shoot around. We go to Subway, 
right? Every day, right? For uh, we go Subway for lunch, right? We go back, have a nap, and, and Brian would listen to, he, he was, he would listen to a Walkman, right? As he had, and, and he would sleep and his eyes half Book, open. Books on tape. Stuff. And, books uh, on tape. Books on tape. That's right. Yep. Books on tape. It was never music. It was always books on tape. And so <laughs> at, at one point we started, you know, what came out was the, was the iPods or whatever it was, right? All the iPods. <laughs> <laughs> and so all the guys, right? All the cool guys had them. And there's two teachers, right? We got no money. We're, we're teachers. You know, we got not working on Wall Street and doing all this other stuff. And, and so Brian gets the idea is, is you would, his iPod Mega. You call it iPod Mega. And <laughs> I forgot that. The Mega. Walkman. Mega. <laughs> it was a Walkman. Is that Walkman? And he would tape it, tape it to his arm, right? With like with athletic tape, electrician's tape. <laughs> electrician's tape, right? Some duct tape. He had some duct tape once, right? It was a little blue collarish. And, and uh, you know, he, he, hey, you know, Richie Catton and, and Mikey Law and all those guys, Benny Prepchuk. And he, hey, is this what you guys use? Is this what you guys use? And, and the best was, was, I think it was Madison Square Garden, maybe. And he's listened to it and he fell off. Was he fell yeah. off? The, fell off the bench, right? <laughs> this is hard. Warm up, off and down. And listen, like we've, you, you've seen Brian. He would be in, the, in Portland somewhere in the middle. Of, he scored two goals and he would turn and, and he'd start banging his chest. And he's like, uh, you know, I'm having a jam or I'm, ah, you know, and you're, you're like, <laughs> You know, and but this was one moment when he fell off, he <laughs> down, and you're like, I don't know if he's getting up. He might not get up. It's iPod Mega, a Walkman. I, I remember yeah. he got rid of the Walkman and he had a discman, and the disc yeah, yeah. was yeah. so big. So big. Electrician's tape on the arm. This is yeah. such bullshit. <laughs> not bullshit. You know, All true. But hey, it was, but that's, you know, but that for, for our team, right? And, and he was a leader of our team, right? Because it was, all these things are, we can look back at it and laugh and, and people, if they're watching, they're like, what the hell they're talking about? But, you know, he'd go score six goals, right? He, he, he'd go score, you know, five and three, right? He'd get the, he, he'd get the overtime winner, right? In, in Arizona, all these places. And, and uh, so it was... It was that piece of how competitive he was and, and how, much, uh, how, pr how much pride he took into playing box lacrosse the right way, right? Not playing it in an American way, but playing it in a very physical, offensive way, uh, similar to what Canadians do, but brought enjoyment um, you know, to the locker room and to the way he played. I'll tell you what, one of my – I have a photo – uh, in my office, and it's one of my favorite photos, actually, in the history of of the National Crossing. It's Brian diving across the crease, and this picture to me encapsulates a your entire game, Brian, but the whole spirit of the Colorado Mammoth. Um, and it was you're diving across, and and your knee, is, your, your knees are bent, and you're flying across the crease. And I know you've seen this picture. It's actually in Pepsi Center. And there's blood running down your knee, um, really into your socks. And, and you're like midair flying across. The ball is definitely going in. It was against actually Curtis Palador in Calgary. And uh, that's one of my favorite photos uh, of all time from the Mammoth. And, and I cherish that photo because I really do think it captured 
the entire spirit of, of that team and, and what that franchise meant to me. Hey, everybody, podcast listeners for the TFL podcast. This one's going way long. Great conversation. Love these guys. But part one, we're going to put out first and then come back and see us for part two. Uh, part two, really funny. Lots of good stuff. You know, we'll talk about Nick Carlson and Tom Ethington and, uh, you know, a little uh, a rap towards George McGinney and, and Gavin Prout and a bunch of other guys. But uh, uh, love these guys. Love this podcast. Part one, great. Part two, even better. <laughs>